When we think of the future of leadership in sales, what, or rather who, do we see? Women in Sales Everywhere and Sales Loft have teamed up to answer this question, and let me assure you, there's no doubt that the future is female. I'm Sydney Sloan, Chief Marketing Officer at Sales Loft. And I'm Alex Adamson, Executive Director of Women in Sales Everywhere. We'll be sitting down with each outstanding female leader on our inaugural Future Female CROs list to discuss everything from their sales philosophies to how they keep their lives organized to how they unwind after a breakneck day. Together, we'll dig into exactly what makes each of these women so extraordinary. Thanks for listening. Hey, everyone. This is Alex Adamson with WISE, and today we are chatting with Marissa Ash, Vice President of Marketplace Strategy and Operations at Transfix. Hi, Marissa. Hi, great to talk to you. To start off, could you just give folks listening a little background on on who you are and what you do over at Transfix right now? So I have been at Transfix for about two and a half years. Transfix is a two-sided marketplace for long-haul commercial trucking. Prior to Transfix, I was at Stanford Business School, and before that, I worked at Bridgewater, which is a large hedge fund for a number of years. I would say no one in my life expected me to go to grad school and pivot from finance to trucking, uh, but supply chain and trucking is now something I'm super passionate about. So excited to be here to, to share more about that and talk about my experience. And I think there's so much to unpack with all of that. I mean, from Bridgewater to then, you know, going and getting your MBA and then going from Stanford Business School to a sales role at a startup is totally untraditional. So um, (laughs) I think let's start with Bridgewater because people know Bridgewater. You were there for five years. What did you learn there? and, And how do you think that has translated into your sales career? So coming out of college, I wasn't super sure what I wanted to do. And at, at that point, the kind of available career paths that that I kind of I, I saw were finance, consulting, medicine, artists, and then other. Um, and that was kind of what was when uh, we had career fairs, th- those were kind of the companies that were represented. And, and so obviously, most people work in this other category. When I was looking for jobs, I had no idea what that meant. And the most important thing to me as a senior in college was finding a place where I thought I was going to kind of grow the most. As I was meeting with people at Bridgewater, I was just so impressed with how thoughtful they were. The culture really resonated with me. I was a competitive athlete my whole life. And so going somewhere where I would be surrounded by feedback just made sense. Like That's when I went to gymnastics or diving practice, that's what happened every day. And so it, it, it just kind of felt like an extension of that experience. When I was at Bridgewater, I was in a couple of different roles. Uh, the last two and a half years, I was chief of staff for one of our CEOs. I had a, a really wonderful experience there. I, I learned a ton. I think the rigorous, logical thinking, the framework approach to solving problems, the real investment in people were deeply imprinted on me and definitely how I think about approaching my job today. About four years in, I was thinking about whether or not I wanted to go to grad school. And there's somewhat of a window that you got to hit. And so when I decided to apply, it was much more of of an option and an exploration than a decision of like, this is definitely what I need for my career. As I was going through the application process, more and more, I was realizing, you know, Bridgewater is 
amazing and incredible, but very insular. And in the five years I worked there, I didn't really talk to anyone outside of the company. And as I was thinking about, okay, how, I don't know exactly what my career is going to look like, but I'm really excited to go to grad school and learn like what are different problems that people are solving? What are different approaches that they're taking? And it really felt like an important step for me to kind of broaden my view of the world. I was lucky enough to be admitted to Stanford, which was my first choice. A couple of things are kind of happening at work and uh, some chapters are kind of closing. So it was, it, 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 from a timing perspective, it made sense. When I got to GSB, a lot of that experience tried to think through, okay, what was the step after that? And so I had a number of different internships. By second year, I knew that I wanted to work at a growth-based startup and had decided to come back to New York City for personal reasons. As I was kind of surveying uh, the landscape, the most important thing for me as I was looking for a job was finding a company where I understood the impact it was having on its customers. And that impact was the thing that was kind of my driving light, more so than any particular industry. When I was approached by Transfix, I remember thinking, why would I ever work in a trucking company? But, you know, I'm going to take the conversation because, you know, I'm, I'm a grad student. I'm looking for a job. I, I just want to talk to as many people as I can. As I learned about the industry, and I think for most people listening, they, they probably don't have a great sense of it. I certainly didn't know anything about full truckloads before my interviews with Transfix. It is a massive industry. It is, you know, trillions and trillions of dollars. It is incredibly fragmented. So it, when you think about the demand side of the marketplace, it's all of the companies that need to move products. So think about food and bev, CPG, manufacturing. Um, so basically anything that's in your home that you're interacting with was at one point on one of these trucks. And then on the supply side, the market is super, super fragmented. So most trucking companies have less than six drivers employed. And so when you're thinking about doing the matching between the demand of we have these products we need to move and we have you know available capacity, there's a group called brokers. Transfix is a broker who acts as the middleman to kind of connect those two things. Right now, we calculate that about 65 billion miles are driven by truck drivers empty. That is massively inefficient, terrible for the environment, and kind of bad for everyone. So you have, you know, a lot of potential to kind of go in and figure out how do we better route the freight? How do we keep truck drivers full more often? You know, how do we, you know, waste less gas? And so understood this massive inefficiency, it's a industry that hasn't really been disrupted. So from an academic standpoint, there's a lot of reasons why it's kind of a tech tech startup in that space made sense. In my interview process, I remember talking to Drew McElroy, who's one of our co-founders, and, and said, basically, I'm an East Coast millennial. I've never talked to a truck driver. I'm pretty worried about being in a room full of me trying to solve this problem. Like, that seems like a disaster. He agreed and uh, shared that kind of the Transfix philosophy was they needed to have a lot of industry insiders who deeply understood the nuances and the details of what needed to happen to make every single load successful, but they also needed people who were going to think about the world differently. And they needed both of these kind of parts in order to drive real change in the entry. And as he was talking and as I met the team, that perspective of like, let's have lots of different people who are going to bring different points of view around the table really resonated with me and got me excited about the opportunity. You talked about feedback at Bridgewater. And I think that's something Bridgewater is very, very known for. But I think it's also something that's really valuable in sales. We talk about feedback being a gift, especially in sales leadership, especially being at a startup. 
feedback is so critical. So I want to go back to that point and just get your thoughts on, you know, maybe you've taken some of that into your role now and what tools you might have for folks listening around feedback. Absolutely. So I have described sales as art and science um, and feedback is definitely important for both sides of those, but much more on the art side. I, one of the tools that I implemented with my team and that I would really encourage all salespeople to do is to record their calls and then listen back to them. And to be clear, this is an extremely painful process. Like, Listening to yourself is always horrendous, but there is so much good that can come out of it. And so individually listening to your own calls, whether they're cold calls or pitches kind of down the funnel, having your manager listen in, give advice is such a powerful tool because, you know, every conversation that you have is going to be different and being able to have as many different kind of tools in your pocket to understand, connect with the customer, describe the the mission of the company, the value it's going to bring is really, really important. And if you never kind of go back and hear yourself describe it and see what resonates, what doesn't resonate, you, you you won't evolve as quickly. And sales is so much a numbers game that every single call you make has to be the best one that you've ever made so that you're closing more deals at a more rapid pace. It goes back to this idea of being really reflective with yourself and understanding how to give yourself critical feedback, which I'm sure you've learned over your career. And I think you is a product of experience and we all get better at it over time. But kind of on that point, you also mentioned graduating, talking to different companies and thinking at first, hey, I'm not right for Transfix because I don't know anything about this space. I think that's something a lot of people that it's like an internal dialogue a lot of people have where it's like, oh, I'm going to disqualify myself from this because I don't think I know enough. What was it in in the back of your head that made you say, hey, I still think it's worth having this conversation? Or, or what was that talk track internally kind of like that changed your mind to have the conversation? So there was a couple of things. The first was, as I was kind of learning about the industry, and I mentioned impact, it made sense to me that if we were able to kind of achieve our goals, better be able to serve shippers uh, who are kind of the demand side, carriers who are the supply side, we were going to be able to inject massive efficiency into the marketplace. And that was just intellectually exciting for me. The second part of it was because it wasn't a super crowded space at the time, the potential to build a moat was there. And if we could move fast enough and capture enough ground, you're really going to be able to win big in the industry. And that was also exciting to me. And then I think one of the secrets you learn at business school is like, no one really knows what they're doing. No one has the right answer and everyone's making it up all of the time. And there's no reason to disqualify yourself because you don't know. It's like, yeah, no, no one knew it at that time. And the thing that you can do is surround yourself by smart people, ask a lot of questions, make calculated risks and go for it. There, there wasn't a lot of, of downside because it, no one has the answer. I think that confidence from business school was part of the decision for me. You've talked about sales being art and science. You were the sales artist on our on our CRO. <laughs> Tell us a little bit more about, about that theory or, or thought and how you go about coaching your team on that. So by the science part, I mean, there's a lot of kind of process and enablement that I think is really on the manager to put in place. 
So everything from helping to define what is the ICP, what is the messaging, what is the, we use Salesforce, we're, we're big fans. Um, uh, that was one of the, the first things I did as a, as a sales leader was bring in sales off. Um, you're, especially when you are doing a lot of outbound, you need to be able to quickly learn and iterate what's working and what's not working. And so one of the things SalesLoft enabled us to do was to run A-B experiments on subject lines. It enabled us to really track and see, okay, what are the documents that are getting clicks? What are people interested in? What are they not interested in? What's the right cadence How, Like in, in terms of um, is it, you know, email call, LinkedIn, or is it email, email call? And, and there's never going to be kind of a, one perfect bullet. And that's going to kind of evolve o- over time as, as people get to know what your company does more and more. But especially when your team is very heavy outbound or you're coaching a lot of SDRs, there's got to be a way to set them up. So it's not just a total haphazard. Everyone's doing their own thing. you got to figure out what's most effective, and then continually iterate on that. And so um, the science part is kind of setting up that process, defining the metrics that are going to enable the company to do things like forecasting and hiring and, and all of that important stuff. And I think through kind of systematizing a lot of the early stages, you're able to more quickly figure out how you evolve as a sales team. And you constantly need to be evolving and you need data to be able to back that up. So collect, creating the process, creating the metrics, understanding the data and using that to really drive your evolution engine is super, super important. And I think one of the most important things a sales manager can do. So that's kind of the, the science part of it. The art part is really with the salespeople themselves. Like everyone's different, as you mentioned, people have different backgrounds, they have different superpowers. And so as a sales manager, I thought about, okay, what, how do I identify my people's superpower? And then how do I set them up for that? And then what is the other support I can provide? So if, if they're not super organized, but man, can they connect with customers? Okay, how do I get them the organizational support? Or if they are super creative and are just like excellent closers, where where's their weakness and how can I support on that? And so the art part is individual and really enabling each salesperson to kind of shine in that way as much as possible. As far as, I mean, you've had an incredible career. Is there one professional thing you're most proud of? Or is there something you look back on and you're like, that is my shining light right now? The thing that I'm kind of most proud of is is watching as the transfer team across the board was able to transition from an office to work from home overnight and basically seamlessly. And we're in an industry where like, there's no days off, like trucks are moving every single day. And it is incumbent upon us to make sure that we are operating excellently and executing every single day, every single truck. And I think in the pandemic, especially early days in the pandemic, really saw a light being shine on, on our drivers, which is so exciting um, because they are such, they're so undervalued. Um, where, you know, if they're not moving, grocery stores are out of food in three days. And then, you know, massive social upheaval would follow. And so we, we were super, super grateful for our drivers who kept driving every day throughout the pandemic, you know, watching the team kind of rally behind that and, and figure out how do we continue to serve not just our, 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 our shippers and our drivers, but really like the country. Like, how do we make sure that there's, you know, the retailers are stocked with toilet paper? How do we make sure food's on the shelves? That was a really exciting moment for us to, to kind of see that impact. And, and, you know, the drivers definitely deserve so much credit. 
And then, you know, Transfix had an amazing year in, in 2020. We grew in terms of the number of customers. We grew top line. We grew bottom line. We really strengthened our relationships through total world craziness. And being part of the team is something I'm super proud of. To pivot a little bit away from sales, where would we find you when you're not working or elbows deep in trucking and logistics? <laughs> uh, well, that has definitely shifted in the last year. I'm about six and a half months pregnant. Uh, I am getting ready for my, my little ones to arrive uh, later this spring. Congrats. That's so exciting. It is very exciting. Um, a lot of time is, is getting ready for, for my little guy. Congrats. Oh, yeah. Thank you. For those listening, you know, any like last tips or tricks just for, I think, like sanity right now where, yes, we're kind of coming out of all of this, but you've been managing a team that's been remote. I think everybody is more comfortable with being remote a year into this, but anything that you recommend for sellers? Get off email, get off Slack, call people. And so much of selling is making that personal connection. And, you know, everyone in their email can say, oh, like, I hope you're staying healthy. And like, I hope you're well, but like deeply getting to know these people, knowing what's going on with their kids, what's going on with their parents, their friends, where they are, like, you know, people buy from people they like. And it's very hard to be likable over email. Be a human first and get to know the people in your life. I think be a human first might be the the line takeaway from this. I think that's a great kind of parting word. Marissa, thank you so, so much for joining us. For people that want to connect with you, where can they find you? Obviously, LinkedIn. Tell us where folks can stay up to date on everything, Marissa and Transfix. LinkedIn is, is going to be the best place to find and connect with me. Figuring out your own superpower is the most important thing and, you know, unleashing it. So whatever I can do to be helpful. Awesome. Thank you so much. It was so good to talk to you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This was Sales Loft and Wise's Future Female CROs. Check back next week for another episode featuring an outstanding female CRO of tomorrow. And until next time, this was Sydney Sloan from Sales Loft. And Alex Adamson from Women in Sales Everywhere. <laughs>